This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. Could you pick the Denver skyline out of a lineup? Like, what are our city's iconic buildings? And the real question, why are most of the new apartments built around here so ugly? We sat down with an architecture expert to hash out some of the best and worst buildings in the mile high. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Michael Paglia, welcome to CityCast Denver. Well, thanks for having me, Bray. So before we dig in, I, there is a building I want to ask you about, which is One River North, which is like that 16-story building being built at 40th and Blake that's got this like canyon crag built into it with like that's going to have vegetation growing out of it. Denverite calls it 13,000 square feet of outdoor environment, and it's like in the middle of the building. What do you think about that building? I think it's really cool. Okay. I, I think it's a very cool thing. And, and I think... Denver architecture, even when it's good, is very conservative. And that building is not very conservative. Not by any stretch. I would agree. It's a it's a Chinese architect. Okay. Um, so we're I, getting a little global influence, maybe a little more right, than we have. Right. Interesting. And you it'll s- be interesting to see if it works in the sense of will the plants That's stay what I alive. Was so you think Denver doesn't take chances like that more, very often? No, I don't. I, I think we're a um, plaid shirt, blue jean kind of town. <laughs> How does that come through in our architecture? Well, just more conservative buildings, I think, for the most part. What is a conservative looking building? Um, it's one that doesn't have a forest going down the middle of it. <laughs> sure. Do you think that we are a city with an overwhelming amount of bad architecture or good architecture? I, I think that, that there, especially in, in the 21st century, our architecture is terrible. Oh. And, um, <laughs> junk materials. So we've been descended on by uh, speculators and they are just giving us really cheap products. I, I wanted to say one thing here. A lot of times... People hate great buildings. And, and that's so such an interesting thing. They don't notice the terrible buildings, but they hate the great ones. And when you say great, is it sometimes because it sticks out? Like I'm thinking about, say, the art museum. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think it's the exactly the buildings that catch people's attention that they hate. And then they don't notice the terrible buildings. (laughs) Building speculation development um, is a math problem. 
So you have these different uh, elements. You have the cost of land. You have the cost of labor. You have the cost of materials. You have the cost of design. So right off the bat, design is gone. Design's like the first thing to go. Design's the first thing to go. Then the materials, you can just get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper materials. Labor and land, you can't do anything about. For sure. I mean, you say land, and I think that's what every anybody who's lived in Denver for the last 10 years knows. It's expensive to live here. It's going to be expensive to build here because it's going to be expensive to get the land in the first place. Exactly. So exactly. We end up kind of suffering with the built environment because the thing that goes is when you say the design or the like the design of the building goes, like how does a building get designed then when there's no like architect behind it? Well, often there's an architect who has to sign off in order for a building to be built. Interesting. But that doesn't mean that necessarily an architect has designed it. So who would design it? Um, I always say accountants. Accountants design them, you know. And these designs are put together on computer screens. And if you don't really know what you're doing, um, except in a technical sense, uh, you come up with what we have. Well, we're going to talk about some buildings so you can kind of describe that. Because what I would love for listeners to walk away with is like how they can analyze a building a little bit differently. Let's start with some good buildings. Uh, again, built after 2000. The first building that you pointed out was 999 17th Street, which is 17th and Champa. Who, tell me about this building. Why is this a good building, Michael? Okay, um, one thing you could say about all buildings that I've pointed out that are good of the three that I have is that they're, they're one idea and it's a unified idea. Even though the building uh, that we're talking about called the prism is a very complex form, it's obviously a singular idea on the part of the uh, designer. And it's like this gorgeous all glass building with these sort of like jagged edged sort of geometric I don't know how to explain it yeah it's like this big geometric form uh, a multi multi-sided form um, and it's completely reflective glass so it's taking in all the adjacent buildings as part of its experience and if you look at it it's uh, there's a lower level a first floor that then has a wide broad band that separates it from the tower, which is not a very tall tower. It's like six stories or something. And then it's um, this sculptural form uh, takes over those upper floors. So it is kind of like a glass sculpture. Yes, it is. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful, like, geometric sculpture. So this was built in 2019. So this is a pretty new building. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so our next good building is 1750 Wewata Street, which is 17th of Wewata, the Colorado. And this also was built in 2019. Tell me about this building, Michael, because again, I'm looking at a totally different building. It's tall. Um, it's It's got a lot of windows. But like, what what do you love about this building? This building is so well done from every vantage point. So that like from the station side, from the street side, from the sides... If you look at, first of all, it's a residential building, a 
apartments are some of the ugliest buildings that I we've had constructed. Would agree with you. Yes. So it's really a challenge to have that uh, work. You know, the uh, the building on Park Avenue West is an architectural firm. Those are easy to make beautiful, <laughs> uh, but uh, an apartment building is hard. This it's one got is, to function differently, right? Exactly, and you have a lot of repetition where you don't in in those other you don't have office the freedom buildings. Of, you're building an architecture firm's building. You can have the wildest, you know, exactly three story room you want. But you're right. We're trying to get probably a good amount of units for them. You know what I mean? This is where the mathematics come into exactly. it too, and so it's harder to be creative. This is uh, one of the things that's striking about this. If you go buy it is how luxuriously clad it is with um, the um, the blue terracotta, yeah. the dark blue terracotta cladding. And, and from the uh, train station side, you have this big pedestrian bridge that's not part of the building, but the architects uh, designed the tower so that it functions as though it were part of the pedestrian bridge. And it gives us this great processional feeling from the train station. And what I think about in a situation like that is, you know good design because you don't notice it. It flows or it functions together. You really know when it doesn't work. To, when it feels exactly. like a building is dumped in the middle of a block, that's because the design is not in conversation with the rest of the built environment. Exactly. So those were our good buildings. Um, now we're gonna talk about some ugly buildings, some bad buildings. Um, the first one we start with is building 828 Broadway, the Via Apartments, 8th and Broadway, 2015. I immediately knew this building when you picked it. I hate it, but I want to know why you hate it. Well, this is really a mess. I mean, whoever designed it should have their hands broken. Um, <laughs> it, it really is horrible. There, there's even a canopy at the corner of 8th and Lincoln that doesn't correspond to a doorway. Uh, it, it's like so inept. It, there's like, on the, on the corner of, on the literal corner of the building, there's these uh, balconies, mm -hmm. sort of. And then the windows are sort of haphazardly. Like, honestly, this looks like something I built with my uh, my son and I play Legos a lot. And you know, we were talking about mid-century modern. Yes. I call this mid-century modern. <laughs> As in Mc, the McDonald'sification exactly. of architecture. Exactly. Yeah, this is really a good illustration of what I was talking about with the uh, computer screen, where you have these different uh, colored surfaces meant to convey changes in elevation, you know, changes in depth and volume. And it just doesn't work. It's not. We've got brickwork. We've got these random strips of red paint. We've and then it's it's like if you if you go around to the Broadway side, this is an L-shaped building oh. that wraps around a, a sweet little bank on the corner. And I forgot that was there. Yeah. And if somebody, if a real architect had done this, they would have responded to the bank the two volumes 
of these wings would have responded to each other. And instead, it just looks like it just goes on and on and on. So you're saying the 7-Eleven I used to go to that was there might be a better option it than this It was definitely building. a better building than this. <laughs> Okay, our next building, I, oh, our final building, 2785 Spear Boulevard, uh, which uh, is known as 2785 Spear Boulevard. This is like Spear and Alcott, Spear and Zunai. It's like right off the highway. What is going on here? Yeah, this is a super confused building um, that, um, you know, and the shapes. Here we have the idea of no setbacks so that you get these really terrible uh, relationships between the two volumes that you see as you come up the hill. Whereas if they had a setback, they could have done something about that. Not that this developer architect would have considered it, but. (laughs) It's just like, it's multiple stories. It's like sort of cut in the middle of it. There's a random, um, like a rooftop sort of, but then you've got another section next to it of like, Three-story open, I'm guessing probably it's where their gym is, where we look at everybody's right. gym equipment, which is a thing that, I don't know, architects like, or I'm sorry, builders like for us to look at as other people's gyms. Um, and and then obviously it's like, what do you see first? The parking garage. <laughs> right. And, and do you remember I was saying about the good buildings were this kind of unified singular idea? These bad buildings are a bunch of ideas. Ideas. bunch of bad ideas a bunch of bad ideas that collide with one another and and i have a mantra which is i hate ideas <laughs> um so that that really uh, it is that's what's wrong with this building this building is so many bad ideas so many bad ideas, and all them. of them like half-baked ideas yeah well michael polia thank you so much for joining me well thanks a lot for having me And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Towing. Senator Julie Gonzalez, who wrote the towing bill of rights that went into effect in 2022, was wrongfully towed by Wyatt's towing last week, according to Nine News. Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser's office confirmed Monday that they will be opening an investigation into Wyatt's towing as there have been 950 complaints filed with the Public Utilities Commission against the company just in the past year. The AG's office said that, quote, it was not Gonzalez's towing that prompted the investigation. Rather, it was timely with the senator's situation. And finally, Denverite reports that pending court approval, Denver protesters cited and arrested for curfew violations during the 2020 George Floyd protests could receive portions of a $4.7 million settlement approved Monday by city council. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the real architects you know about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. I'm hoping that our listeners can walk out the door and go, that is why that building is so ugly. And that is why that building looks good. They won't.